0: Whether you're a leader, whether you're a a lover, a family member, a friend, when you show up from that place, you ignite something in others and you don't even know that you're doing it
1: welcome everybody to the latest episode of the live into your brilliance podcast the place where we shine a light on the innate brilliance of humanity and blow up illusions that get in the way and i'm here with my wonderful partner in crime mr mark billows bilby how are you doing
0: mark i'm good my friend how are you doing
1: i am really good thank you feeling uh feeling very present over the last week or so more present than I've felt in a long time which uh, which is nice I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying the experience of not having as much on my
0: mind as normal what's, uh, what's created this sense of presence um, let us in on the secret well uh, I well I listened to I think it's been
1: creeping up on me for a while just kind of this sense of that I am prone to trying to figure things out and, and kind of can fall into evaluation and, and so on. And then there's a book that I've listened to before. And I, for some reason, I just thought, oh, I, I must read that again. And it, and it came from nowhere. And it's a book called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by a guy called Dan Millman. And it's a beautiful, beautiful book. And in listening to that, I saw a whole bunch of things that I was attached to. And they kind of fell away. Like they're still there. I know they're still there in the background. But it was just really interesting to see. To see I just saw them so differently that actually there's no place to get to. And that anytime you think there is, you're off base. And when you're off base, it means two things. Like for me, it means I don't get to enjoy the moment and I'm pretty shit at chasing down the thing that I'm trying to chase down because I'm trying really hard to get somewhere, which means that I I end up with this really narrow perspective on what that route could or should look like. And, And since I've read that, I've just noticed myself being so much more aware. And then the second thing that I've done, which is actually, I think it's really cool. I've been doing it for a while, but I've kind of upgraded it, is I've been journaling every day, every morning. And someone actually asked me the question the other day. They're like, how do you journal? Because they said they didn't really know how to journal. And I was saying, well, I don't think there's a right way to journal, but this is how I do it. And it works really well for me. Every day I have three headings that go into my journal. I actually have a fourth, but the fourth one is a little bit, it's a result of an exercise. But these three things I do every day, wins, praise, reflections. So I start by just thinking about in the last 24 hours, like what wins have showed up in my world. And it doesn't matter how big or small they are. It might be like I I watched a, great program with my wife on the sofa and it was lovely and that would be a win or it could be I win a new client or it could be I had a laugh with one of my kids it can be anything but I'll put down at least three or four things and I'm like oh yeah like that's cool And there, there are things to be really grateful for because I want to live in the in the gain of the moment and just be aware and grateful and the second thing I've been doing is this praise and and it's the act of loving myself, so all of myself. So let's just say, so I realized a while back through a conversation with someone that I had a lot of conditions on my self-love. So they were like, on a scale of 1 to 10, wh- where would you rate your love for yourself? And and I immediately thought, oh, I'm probably a 6 or 7. And then I thought, oh, that means that like I've got conditions, that there's things that I need to have in order to be complete. And um, so I started this practice of like, can you love yourself unconditionally? So it means I'll write things in my journal like, oh, I love how I can scare myself into not doing the thing I would love to do. But I genuinely mean, I was like, wow, I love how I can be that creative that I can scare myself into not doing the thing that I would do. And then I've got, and these are ones that are actually in my journal that I'm just recalling. And I'll be like, oh, I love how I get bored with scaring myself. Or I love how I love my kids so much that then I react badly to when they're being upset because I I think I've done something wrong. And just this act of praising every part of myself means that the judgment is fading away. And so without judgment, I notice that I'm more present. And then the third thing that I'm third thing that goes in is reflections. And that is literally whatever just comes through in the moment. And sometimes I look at it and I go, oh, really? really just fine. Like there's some just everyday stuff comes out onto the page and it's cool and it presences me. And then other times I've had just these lovely moments of clarity that have come in. And because I'm doing it on a daily basis, it just feels like it keeps me grounded in, it's keeping me grounded in the moment. So they're the two things that I've kind of, I feel have really deepened this sense of presence for me. And, uh, and you know, you've talked about gratitude a lot. I have probably felt more grateful this past week than I've ever experienced gratitude before, which has been very nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: yeah I, I love it and I, I think what journaling does is it brings out an honesty that we don't necessarily articulate if we don't journal you know there's a there's an honesty that comes out and then that honesty leads to gratitude, which is which is lovely. When you
1: said about honesty what I notice as well is like I actually can see my own self-deceit and so I can also get honest with myself it, it's like I might be reflecting on something and then like a clarity will pop in like oh you you've been avoiding calling that person or I'll have real clarity on something that I want to say to someone that I'm not saying. And, and what I'm noticing is that seeing it so clearly and then I'm like, Oh, you now know what you've got to go and do. It's, it's the difference between I think living in your thinking and seeing your thinking.
0: (laughs) That's a nice way of, it's a nice way of putting it. Um,
1: Well, actually, I'll share a little reflection on that. Just, and this is a little sidebar, but, um, you know, when we talk about thinking, I don't think, I don't believe that we realize that every word we say is a thought. So when we're listening to ourselves or when we watch ourselves write, it's all thought. And I've just... I think there's a real opportunity for everyone to notice that their words are their thoughts being spoken out loud. I think we think that our words are pointing us somewhere else, but actually if we really listen to the words, that is us listening to our thinking live. And we are our best sounding board. Because when we really tune into our words, we can be like, hang on. That's bullshit. <laughs> just, it's, I find it quite humorous at the minute. Like I can listen to myself thought and I'll be like, that is fucking bullshit. I've just said something that sounds very sensible, but I'm just letting myself off the hook. Or I'm uh, like, that's, that's nonsense. <laughs> and so I think there's a real opportunity for all of us to become a little bit more suspicious of our words or aware of our words and, uh, and, and really tune into them.
0: I, I love the way. Um, I, I know I've mentioned her before, Amy Jensu um, and and uh, she's going to be a guest on this uh, podcast, which is super exciting. But in her book, "The Leader You Want to Be," she, the on the on the uh, chapter of peace, because she has this five P framework, and the the last P is peace. And there's this concept of practicing honesty gratitude and trust and you know when you when you're honest with yourself um you grant yourself permission to move from a place of resistance to a place of acceptance so that you can experience you know whether it's anger or vulnerability or insecurity or grief or like whatever it is um and that acceptance is not giving up on anything. It's not abdication, but it's just the practice of being honest with what is actually showing up or what actually is. And then and then expressing gratitude for it. Um, and I loved, uh, I saw Christy Helverson the other day and she had this lovely story. Cause you imagine like Christy has this like global coddy wampler you know just goes about her day and she she just is in this beautiful state of equanimity but she said she, she was driving her 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 rig casper her her big um diesel truck and 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 um Coddy, which is uh, which is her her airstream and somebody cut her off and so she she just sat on her horn for like a good 10 seconds um full full-blown road rage at being cut off and then she had this moment where she was just started laughing and she was just so eternally grateful for being in this human form and experiencing the emotions that had just riddled her <laughs> and caused her to sit on the death horn for 10 seconds um and was just so grateful for being in this body, being able to experience these emotions, and being able to then observe yourself and be aware, um, and be the awareness in which this whole kind of ridiculous scenario had played out, and and it was, it just struck this kind of beautiful sort of I don't know. Um, it just resonated with her and and she just she just loved it and 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 that gets me to the final piece about trust is when you when you trust yourself um and and you see that you know you are fallible you it's okay to you know uh to to experience the things we experience um you do practice gratitude and you know that you can get through this cuz you've 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 done it before or you've you've you continue to practice or journal or or learn or see um and you the more you learn to trust it the 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 greater the sense of peace and uh i just think it's such a lovely a lovely way of kind of thinking about it or expressing it and and uh living in that in that happy place no i love that
1: well i love hearing a story about christie's humanity cuz she is one of the most uh, grounded people that we know. And I think the, the word that I would add into your trust is love. It's like trust yourself and love yourself. But uh, it's, with, it's all of yourself, the whole experience. And that way you don't have to resist any of it. It's like, yep, Christy was an angry, an angry lady, sat on her, her horn, blasting whoever it was that had cut her up. And it's like, cool. Like, Not a problem, and I just love that. I just think the more <laughs> we can, the more we can do, embrace our whole selves. the The more that to, to Amy, Jen, thing, the more we embrace oursel- our whole selves. The more we live in peace. The more we live in peace. The more gratitude we can feel, and it feels like it becomes a virtuous circle. It 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 feeds itself, and it goes deeper. Should we use that as a segue to kind of move into we've got a listener's question for today's episode, um, which is actually, I think, a really cool question. Yeah. And I think even what we've been talking about now um, might feed into some of it. So this is from uh, a friend of ours and former colleague. Actually, this guy is the reason why I am in the UK, because when I moved to the UK 20 odd years ago... Um, he he made friends with me and um, introduced me into his world and without him I don't actually think I would be here so um, this guy was a proper gift from the universe to me so thank you Trevor highly and thank you for this question here it is my question is as someone who wants to empower individuals at work and also to let his loved ones be themselves But I have an underlying view of what I think is right and it can cause real tension between not wanting to be directive nor abdicate responsibility and not help. How could we think about the balance of being curious and giving space and support to others to figure out stuff versus making conscious decisions of how and when to give an opinion and robust direction?
0: Well, there's a very simple answer, um, which is don't think about it so much. But I think we need to unpack that um, a little bit more, um, because I think I think when we try to control is the wrong word, but when we try to orchestrate. Um, this balance, and sometimes it is a delicate balance between trying to empower, trying to remain curious, trying to, you know, be directive where we think we need to be directive. And you, I think, you end up getting tangled in your own snares and, and, and the rope that you're trying to pay out ends up wrapping around your ankles and dragging you to the depths sometimes. And so I, I really do think it's, it's a case of if you, and we've mentioned this before, if your come from is a place of authentic curiosity, empathy, and love, then the benefit that has to yourself and those around you is huge and i think if you if you get caught up in your thinking about it and you're doing this oscillation between being really sort of open-handed and and present and then sometimes slamming down into the basement because you've Tried to orchestrate something and it's gone horribly wrong. Then you pay a cost, um, and there's a cost associated with that, and and it's not always it's not always palatable. And so I think, you know, I, I think when you're trying to empower people, it goes back to what we were saying um, on a previous podcast. I, I think it is about authentic human connections by being empathetic and curious, and and being authentic about that, forming those human connections, showing people that you are vulnerable, you don't have all the answers, whether it's with your colleagues, whether it's with your teammates that you're trying to empower, or with your peers at the same level of, as you in the organization, or even with your family. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have all the answers. You can be vulnerable. You 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 can let go of your narrative of your story, um, and and cr- and create this psychological safety where you have these amazing connections. And you know, you sent me that lovely um, TikTok uh, the other day of Patrick Stewart uh, talking about how. At this late stage of his life, he's realized that these deep, vulnerable human connections are what he absolutely lives for now. And I think the earlier in life we can learn that that is really the secret to it all, I I think the better. And then from that place of authentic connection and, and psychological safety, as long as you maintain Uh, that open-hand mindset, whether you're dealing with family or with your colleagues, you're going to come from the right place. And so whatever you say or whatever you do or however you engage is going to be the right way um, versus getting caught up in your thinking of it and your, your attempt at choreography that That's the insight that I have the moment you ask that question mm.
1: well yeah, no i love I love that because I think all I, the two things I heard in there, firstly was the first part, which was don't overthink it, and the second part, which I think no matter what the question is, it's checking in with where you're come from, you know are you coming from the open hand or are You coming from the closed fist? Are you, are you coming from at the basement of your thinking? And and that applies, I think, anywhere. And it got me. I was looking at the question and thinking, "Where's the?" You use the word "snare," and and I think it's. I think we have the possibility here to look in both directions, which is like, "Oh, where's, where's the possibility, the place that we know?" And I would hazard a guess that most people listening would just so connect with what you're saying and saying, oh yeah, no, when I'm coming from that place, it doesn't matter what I say, it's going to be felt as much as heard. The snare that I think, which is the, the illusion and the thing that trips us up, I think can be found in these words. I have an underlying view of what I think is Right. And I'm gonna say that that's the illusion. And it's not just Trev. I I, I think it's familiar to all of us. Whenever we're living in the illusion that there is a right way, and we're attached to it somehow, I think we feel that. And I don't think that feels open-handed. I think that's when we start to get uptight. We start to feel uncomfortable because, it might be our kids, it might be our colleagues, it might be our team members, it might be just someone in society, but we're, we're, because we're attached to our idea of the right way, we start to feel resistance against their way. It's like, whoa. And I think that's the tension Trev's talking about. I feel real tension. And I think that's the body's way of trying to help us see the tension you're feeling has nothing to do with them. The tension you're feeling is the pull on your attachment, attachment maybe to an outcome an attachment to being right an attachment to your idea um, an attachment based on maybe your past that you, because of your experience you know what's going to happen if they do certain things and I believe that paying attention to that feeling is one that can carry real benefit of being like, oh, I'm attached to something here. So I would say that one of the places to look at that point, it's not about, I need to make a decision. Do I tell them what to do or not? I would say, oh, if you're feeling that, like now it's a case to probably sit and be as quiet as you can and think, okay, like I've got, I'm attached to something here. Let me just. Let me see if I can get back. Let me just let that uh, be with that. Don't try and fight it, but be with that. And and I noticed that, well, I noticed that from my like leadership days, but I, I think I particularly noticed that as a parent, mm-hmm. that like pull, that attachment to either the idea that I know best or an attachment to wanting them to be safe. You know so some of this all of these things have really positive intentions. You know we want our team members to be successful. We want our children to be safe, and we make that our job. And I would say that the day was a really good place to come to place to look like, look at is where are we making it our job to make someone else's life better or safer when that's not really our jobs. We're just now in their business. Um, so I think that's that's the first thing I've got to say is about attachment. The second thing, which I did want to mention, is, you know, and I, again, I'm kind of just looking at the, the different elements of the question versus making conscious decisions about when to give an opinion or when to give direction. And it's linked to the other point. Like if it feels right. If it feels right, you know, you're coming from an open hand. Giving a strong opinion or giving direction is cool. Like and and other people might not like it. Um, and that's okay. Like you can't keep everyone happy. But if you know you're coming from a clean and clear place and you're coming from a good heart, trust that and take the action and the cards will fall where they fall. People might not like it in the near term and that's not your problem because you will know that you're coming from a good place. And you and I, just before we came on air to record, we're talking about the rugby just at the weekend where South Africa, um, the South African coaches pulled one of their star players after 30 minutes. And afterwards, the coach said, well, yeah, because that's what we felt was the right thing to do. But we've built enough love and trust that they know it doesn't represent anything more than the decision we thought was right in that moment. And I thought it was such a wonderful way of articulating what we're talking about, which is there's no right way. And you can't, if you try and live a game of evaluation and trying to kind of weigh up Well, how is it going to play out and then that's the overthinking. When you simplify it back down to am I coming from an open hand? Yes. Like I am feel grounded. What is it that's alive in me to do or say? Do or say that thing. That's it. And that's balance, right there. Like, if you're coming from an open heart, do or say whatever feels right in the moment, and that's the best that you can do. Only always.
0: I think. Well, I just just reading the question again, and I think you're spot on. And and, and I I had a session earlier today, and and one of the leaders that that I was um that was in the the discussion said. Well, for them, the the opposite of curiosity is judgment, and that's how they they sort of see it. And so they said, you know, if you if you are curious, then it's it's hard to carry a, a strong sense of judgment into this space. And so, you know, t- to Trev's point about this balance of, of giving space and support um, and remaining curious, I think it's, it's exactly what you've just said. Like When you show up from that place, it's, you, you let go of your judgment. And I think judgment is in many ways the snare that we get entangled with because whether it's our kids or our colleagues, we have this preconceived notion or they say something or show up a certain way or look a certain way and we have this this bias and this judgment which could be completely out of whack um versus this open-handed curious sort of approach or this curiosity that that allows us to allows us to express an opinion, like you said, or, or give robust direction, but it will always be right when it comes from that place. You know, you can be candid. I mean, you know, and sometimes in, in leadership speak, we talk about being radically candid. Well, r- radical candor works when you come from that place. It falls flat on its ass <laughs> when you don't you know it can sound very disingenuous or it can sound aggressive or it can so- sound you know like, like it's it, it it's um it it's manipulative but when it comes from that really authentic place then it's it's powerful it's respectful it's it's useful it's insightful it's empowering and and i think you know to trev's question when you, when you, you know, you're not abdicating responsibility at all. If you, if you, don't lean in, if 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 that is your come from, um, you know, if you're in that mindset, in that higher state of consciousness, that open hand mindset, and you feel and you know that it's it's not appropriate to be directive or express your opinion or impart your wisdom or whatever and and you just want to shut up and listen then that's 100% the right thing to do and you got to just trust that um and and the you will know when the right moment is to lean in because you're not listening to the noise in your head you're listening to your profound sense of knowing because you are you have an authentic human connection and and you're and you highly aware and empathetic to to the conversation um, that's going on. Yeah, I was. Um, I spent a bit of time the other day looking into judgment
1: because it's interesting now, and I'm just looking at this question through that lens. Because whether this is Trev or me or you, this question is in many ways it has a lot of self judgment wrapped up in it. It's looking at how do I get it right? How do I get it right? Because I'm going to be judging myself. You know, Did I lean in? Did I lean out? Was I too supportive? Was I too directive? It's bound in judgment. Because judgment is right, wrong, good, bad. Like the, the only real place that I see where judgment has a place is in the court of law. Because it's, we've set it up. To be a place where we bring people for judgment, and and but outside of that, when we're doing it, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a useful lens. Almost, I, I I've I'm struggling to find a place where judgment is of service to us or anyone else. And I was looking at what's the opposite of judgment. What would you say? Like if I said to you, what is the opposite of judgment? I'll go back to what that leader said, curiosity. Well, this was what, this is the bit when I was researching it, that came up and resonated with me. The word was acceptance. And I really liked it. It's, and I'm going to use your story about Christy. Like it's accepting all of you. Like there is no getting it right. So you might, do or say something and people will react in a certain way. And and on the face of it, you could be thinking to yourself, shit, I got that wrong. But if you can live in acceptance of I was doing my best based on what I saw to be true in the moment. So so I'm not going to judge myself for that. I was doing my best based on what I saw to be true and I'm going to accept that. And I'm going to accept that in everyone else as well. And I'm going to live in acceptance of the fact that there is no right way to live or to be. And, and I think I come back to this because that is also the opportunity, I think, to accept that it's not our job. To look after anyone else's business other than our own. And if I was to bring Trev or if I was think I'm thinking about it for myself, I'd be saying, your only job is to be true to yourself. If you can be true to what's alive in you and, and connected to that, then you are the uh, the tide that will rise all boats that float in your waters. And when you realize you're the ocean, then you give up on the job of being a boat mechanic. It starts to look like a terrible idea to Mm -hmm. try and jump in and fiddle with everyone else's engines because you're like, I'm the ocean. So I'm just going to be the ocean. I'm going to be the best I can and I'm going to trust that by doing that, everyone and everything I care about will be served by me being in service to that part of myself and trusting it and knowing that your wisdom that you hear, it's designed just for you, but you encompasses everything that lives in your awareness. Everything that you care about is taken care of by that awareness. It's so much deeper than our conscious intellectual mind. And that I think in some ways is this is the simplicity of giving up. It's the simplicity and the challenge, which is to give up on the idea that you've got to figure everything out with your little brain, and trust in this deeper part of you, and 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 go with that in the moment. Yeah.
0: No, I I, I think that's that's hundred percent right. And that's why, I th- I, at the top of it, I said, you know, this the simple answer, the glib and simple answer is stop thinking about it so much, because, um, the to your point, you know, you you don't need to spend a lot of time on the choreography and the mechanics and the tinkering and trying to get it right and the, and the judgment of self and all of that. You just need to surrender all of that and focus on where you are coming from because when you come from that place, to your point, you raise all boats, you are the tide, you are. you have a profound effect on your colleagues that you are trying to empower, you have a profound effect on your family who you're you're trying to allow them to to have their freedom and their space and and be the individuals the beautiful individuals that they are and and I think we said this on a one of the first podcasts um you know there's uh, was it techna Han or somebody like that said. You know, they they asked uh, 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 a Buddhist master, "How do I ignite sort of this understanding? How do I ignite this this innate brilliance in others?" And the answer was, "I don't know, but I just know that showing up and being." Being present when you when you are in the presence of somebody who is coming from that place, it ignites brilliance in others, and you don't even know how or how it's going to manifest or even why it happens or how it happens. It just happens. And I would I would love to be challenged on this. Like I would love a listener to say, you are full of shit. Like I would love somebody to say, you know th- there are there are people who are who have ignited and tapped into their innate brilliance who when their family or others are in the presence of them they go to complete pots because it just doesn't happen like it like show me one example where that happens and and i'll I'll show you a liar because. The truth is, whether you're a leader, whether you're a, a lover, a family member, a friend, when you show up from that place, you ignite something in others and you don't even know that you're doing it. And it's, but the effect it has on people is magnificent. And so, to your point, like, Stop spending your time perseverating over getting it right, sitting in judgment of yourself, trying to do this choreography. You don't need to do it. All you need to do is the practice that allows you to show up from that place. And when you show up from that place, you ignite something in others, which does empower them. As colleagues, which allows them to be creative, beautiful individuals as family members, which allows deep friendships to to happen and, and last a lifetime. And and you know, it's it's as we spoke about our French trip the other day, and um, I can tell you now that I don't like I can be I can be a friendly human being. I, going around France for almost three weeks, I didn't have one bad interaction with anybody. And I couldn't even speak their language half the time. But there was just this, the the come from was so authentic that people, it ignites something in people and people just, it allows their best angels to come out it it just happens and you don't even need to understand what is going on or how it happens it, you just need to observe it happening and i would love our our listeners to just go and try it
1: i i love everything you've said and uh, it made me think of uh, a story when i was uh, i was doing an event and uh, Mavis Kahn was one, going to come and guest for me, and it was a leadership offsite, and I was having a prep call with her about it, and um, and I was uh, like, you know, I, I my intention was to like put on a, a show. I wanted to make sure this was a great offsite for this team, and and Mavis just went, "Can you can you see yourself doing it?" And I was like. Uh, can I see myself doing what? and she's like oh it's so sweet that you can't see it she's like can you see yourself trying to figure it out? and I was like yeah and she said don't do that just show up all you have to do is show up it's like stop thinking stop trying to figure it out and I was like oh okay and then I said so do you mean and she went can you see yourself doing it again? And I went, "Yeah, she went, "Don't do that, just show up." And I was like, "So just show up then." And she went, Yeah, just show up. It'll all figure itself out <laughs> And I did, and it was cool, and oh, it, it didn't mean it didn't mean that like everything ran smoothly, but it freed me. her saying that freed me up. It was like, Oh, I'm enough." If I show up from this place, I'm enough. And for people listening, because I did have the thought, but like you you're not always in that place. And and you're not, actually. Like sometimes you notice that you're not in that place and you are filled full attention. And I heard this great expression the other day um, about what to do when you notice that you're caught up and maybe you've got like an emotion that's you know called a tension you're feeling tension or you're feeling anxious or and it was like let it flow and let it go and I and it was like don't try and hold it in or disguise it and I just think if you know let's say it's Trev or anyone and, and I've been practicing this if you find yourself feeling that way let it flow like don't hide it be be courageous enough to tell the person that you're with that that's what's going on for you. Say like hey, I can notice myself feeling tension here because I want to try and get this right so I just I'm just letting it out I just want you to know I don't need you to do anything this is just I'm just getting clean and clear because I, I don't want it. I don't want that to be so if you notice I'm quiet for a bit, I'm just not going to say a lot whilst I'm feeling this. And you'll notice it starts to dissipate just by you allowing yourself to be with it, not trying to hold it, but just being like, oh, I've just noticed. So let it flow and then let it go. And it will just, it will leave your body because you're not trying to hide anything. You don't have to pretend and you don't have to, you don't have to always it's we're not saying this is a rule where you must always show up and just be full of love and that if you show up from another place that's a problem what we're saying is your system's designed to help you see where you're at and the more you can love all of it and be like oh hey like i just want you all to know like i'm this is what's going on for me right now doesn't mean anything but hey i wanted to put it in the room because i love you guys and i'm not going to I want to be honest with you. And that in itself is showing up from love. And you'll be amazed what happens as a leader or a parent or a friend when you start being open about your whole self and not believing that you have to show up as perfect. Because I think that's a trap. That's an illusion, like you don't have to show up as perfect, and if in your mind you're thinking that you do, you're in an illusion of thought that is not helpful. um we are not perfect, we are perfectly imperfect, all of us, and when we can accept that rather than judge ourselves for that, when we live in the acceptance of that, then it's a beautiful thing. and I think Billow was like you are one of the you are like my um role model for this because you. I think live in a deep acceptance of that in, I would say, it, particularly in others, in other people. I think that's always been your come from. And I would say over the last couple of years, I've seen you learn or practice more of that for yourself than ever before. Uh, and so I'm kind of putting that like that's something for people to really, I think, grasp is it's acceptance of this for everyone ourselves and others and it's fucking cool. It takes a load off cuz it's nice to not have to show up as perfect. And uh, like I just noticed it with particularly with my kids of late. Like my eldest lad is 17. He's wonderful, but he's 17, which means, you know, he can he can appear moody and so on. And then the other day he was making himself some food and he was like, so quiet in here. And, and I was like, Oh, let's turn some music on. And we turned on some music and I just started dad dancing around him. And he was like, so mortified and like, Desperately was trying to stay in his mood, but he couldn't help himself. like he had <laughs> to laugh, and we had to have a cuddle, and I thought, ah, oh, there it is. like just and there's no parenting book ever anywhere that says, "Just do dad dancing in your kitchen," and that will that will bring a, a level of connection. But it did. And I don't know. For me, it was like a perfect lesson of, you know, he's lovely. In all of his moodiness and, and his loveliness. And when I was in that then I could be totally myself. And it was just a it was a really lovely, lovely experience. And uh, I think that's on offer
0: all the time. Hundred percent. So on that note, mate, what is your uh, what's your bumper sticker for life?
1: Uh, my bumper sticker for life. Is I am the ocean, enjoy sailing in my waters.
0: Beautiful. Yeah,
1: I don't know if it is, but that's what I've got.
0: (laughs) Sounds saucy. Sounds saucy. Well,
1: we'll we'll let people make of that what they will.
0: I also love I love the dad dance thing. I think there's a dad dance bumper sticker somewhere like there's no book for how to dad dance your moody teenager into uh into into smiles and laughter. Yeah. Maybe that's know, it. Something
1: like, there. Maybe that's it. Like dad dancing is the best parenting I've
0: got. Something like that. I don't know. There you go. Yeah, I like that one. Cool. Cool. Well, that was a good one. Thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks for the exploration. Thanks to Trev for the awesome question because I think it took us on a on a very interesting uh, exploration, and uh, hopefully we blew up a a whole bunch of illusions about having to, you know, live in judgment of ourselves and try and get it right and do the choreography, and whereas actually um, just showing up from that that good place ignites goodness in others. And that's, that's really all you need. Yeah.
1: Well, that seems like a perfect place to end. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Trev. I uh, really appreciate the question. And for all of those listening, whoever you are, first of all, thank you for doing that. Secondly, um, you see the power of these questions and also hopefully you hear, in myself and Mark's desire to be challenged and hear from you. Um, that is, uh, the fuel that keeps this fire burning so please keep them coming and until next week uh, love to you all be good and love life thank you for joining us on this enlightening journey unraveling the innate brilliance within every human being we hope today's episode has sparked new thoughts and inspired fresh perspectives remember the power to shatter illusions and unleash your true potential lies within you If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite platform. If you'd like more insights and daily doses of inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at alkennycoaching. Or you can connect with myself and Mark on LinkedIn, uh, where we will share articles and perspectives about unlocking your innate brilliance. Remember, you are capable of extraordinary things. Keep believing, keep exploring, And keep shining brightly. Take care and stay brilliant.